This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org. Well, welcome back to the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. My name is Sam, and I'm uh, your host, and it's my pleasure to be here with you and uh, joined by Dr. Richard Blackaby virtually once again. Uh, it's good to be with you, Sam. I'm in uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth Airport uh, Grand Hyatt Hotel this morning. It's uh, I come here pretty regularly to work with uh, Christian CEOs and uh as we shared before, this uh, stretch here, I'm just on the road so much that it's just easier to catch me where I am than trying to. Yeah, I think till... we'll start a new segment. Uh, you know, <laughs> can you guess where Richard is today? And... <laughs> Which hotel is Richard calling from today? So yeah, well, hopefully the uh, the internet connection at this one will be uh, better than the the last <laughs> one. Um, but uh, again, it's just uh, it, I'm glad we've got the technology uh, that enables us yeah. to do this. Well, I'm uh, glad I moved my room uh, last night. I got in here late, and uh, there was they're doing renovations on the roof here of the Grand Hyatt, and uh, a cable was loose from the storm that passed through, and it was just it, it, like a metal cable, and it kept slamming against uh, the the window. And it was so loud, you just, I mean, it was just slamming really loudly. And so they basically had to move everybody that was on that side of the building because they couldn't get the cable to stop. So uh, about one o'clock in the morning this morning, we I had to pack up all my stuff and move to the other, to a different floor, to the other end of the building. So so at least you're not hearing a slamming noise all the way through this podcast. <laughs> yeah, fun times. Well, yeah, so... Um... Well, today I, I we want to just unpack um, sort of what what Jesus one of the things that Jesus said about prayer, yeah. And uh, and you've been speaking on this some uh, this week, and uh, I I just think it would be a great um, refresher course uh, for for all of us, and and we've talked about it before, but you know, for those who who lead, um, prayer is perhaps your most essential tool. Um, at least one of the most essential tools for any leader, any good leader, uh, especially any spiritual leader. And so why don't you just walk us through uh, what the passage that you have for us today and, and what it is that Christ said about prayer and how does that hold up to our life? Yeah, and Sam, you know, prayer can kind of sometimes, I don't know why, but it seems almost like a soft kind of subject for leaders. You know, we're all about casting vision and building our team and having bold visions and so on. And, and then you talk about prayer. It's almost like a, an add-on, you know, if you have time in the morning before you get to your real leadership work, you can maybe, you know, take a few moments to pray. But, but I think we know that uh, if you are a spiritual leader, it all hinges on this Holy Spirit, what he does in your life. And, uh, and you've got to, you've got to be in sync with what God is trying to do through your life. Whether, and not just if you're a pastor, but if you work in corporate America or wherever else. And so, uh, and prayer is one of those things that I, I just hear often people will say, yeah, well, I, I know about that. I know how to pray. You know, I've been, I've been a Christian 40 years. I know how to pray. But the fact yeah. is that I, I, I just run and I, I include myself in this. I've been a Christian a long time and I assume that I know how to pray. And then the more, the longer I'm a Christian, the more I realize how much I don't understand about prayer, mm. um, you know, and there's a lot we could get into. Yeah. This God, could, as I said, before we started recording, this could be a whole, a whole yeah, series. This could be prayer. a series. We may, 
Because, you know, why, what happens with prayer? I mean, if God wants to do something, why would he limit himself in some way to saying, well, I really want to bring this prodigal back home, but I'm going to wait to see if anybody prays and asks me to do that. Yeah. You know, is that how it works? Uh, is he, will he not do a good thing if he doesn't get asked to do it? Or is he going to do it anyway, but he wants you involved in it? Uh, and so that you can be maybe a part of the solution or there are just lots of questions about what actually happens when you pray. And, yeah. and I, and quite frankly, if someone tells me they have all the answers on prayer, I, I think I've just met a liar. <laughs> I just don't, <laughs> I just don't think it is possible. Yeah. You, you can certainly understand certain statements, but if you, if you push very far, I think it starts to stretch us, especially when it comes to our experience. And so there's a there's a passage in John chapter 16 that is one of those examples of that. And on the on the surface, it can seem quite straightforward, uh, but I think there's some huge implications for us. Um, and I would also just say that anyone who went through 2020, which I'm assuming is everyone who is listening to this podcast. Um, yeah. you saw things on the news, you saw America burning in the streets, you saw people angrily polarized against each other, you, you heard all kinds of conspiracy theories about all kinds of nefarious things. And uh, you were a part of angry debates, perhaps about COVID and how to treat it and whether to wear a mask or to get vaccinated. And there, there are churches, many churches that are divided and losing people over these kind of issues. And, and so you wouldn't have had to have been paying all that much attention last year before you realized that you needed to pray. There's just a lot to be praying for. And I think as a leader, uh, you, you start to realize, I, I can't keep praying just like I always have. Yeah. 2020, hopefully, uh, was a, a was a wake-up call to many leaders to say, I've got to take my prayer life to a level it's never been before. I can't mm -hmm. keep praying the same way I always have. And, uh, and that would be a question I'd have for every leader is, after 2020, how did your prayer life go to another level? But uh, so anyway, look at John chapter 16 and verse 23. He, he's, he's kind of finishing up a comment about he, he told his disciples he was going away, which basically he was going to go away to the to cross. And he said, in that day, you will not ask me anything. But then he then he gets to the, the heart of the verse there. And he says, truly, I tell you, anything you ask the father in my name, he will give to you. And I just want to unpack that for a moment, because there's a lot there yeah. that runs contrary, I think, to a lot of our experience. And he, and he begins by saying, truly. And of course, anytime Jesus begins a, a statement by saying, truly, you, you, you need to lean in. And you think, well, why would he even need to say that? I mean, if Jesus just opened his mouth, we ought to be have our notepad out and be ready to take, you know, to, to be to record everything he says, uh, anything Jesus says is important. But, but when he says, truly, truly, I say unto you, or verily, verily, I say unto you, as we, as we mentioned before, um, he, he's probably indicating at least a couple of things. One is he's probably trying to say, hey, what I'm about to say is really important. I know everything I say is important, but this is really important. Yeah. Uh, so whenever you see a truly in front of something Jesus says, um, get ready to get your highlighter out and underline and highlight what he said. But I also, I think he's, 
he may also be implying what I'm about to say, you're going to find very hard to believe. Uh, this is really true. You, you're, you're going to wonder if it's true or not, but truly it is. And, and, uh, and I think you'll see that as we unpack it. He says, I tell you, truly, I tell you. And again, Jesus, of course, we, ought, we know it's him telling us because he's the one speaking in this point. But we live in an age that is just permeated with opinions. And everybody's got an opinion, a platform, and they just want you to believe their perspective on things. And we live in an age where you just have to decide who you're going to believe. I mean, who do you who are you going to believe about the ed- efficacy of vaccines or masks or social distancing or um, all of those things, working from home or working by Zoom instead of by in person? You, there, there's, so, there's so many opinions out there today. And ultimately, you've got to decide who you're going to listen to. But, but when Jesus says, I'm saying this to you, um, you have to ask yourself, just how important is a word from Jesus to me? And um, do I automatically believe everything Jesus says? Um, it, it never hurts sometimes to do a little inventory of, of what, what are things Jesus has said that I, I'm still not quite sure I totally believe. And of course, the way you know you believe something is not that you cognitively assent to it, but that you actually practice it, that yeah. you experience it. If, if Jesus said something that you're not yet experiencing in your life, then it may well be that you don't really believe it. Hmm. You, you accept it intellectually, but faith results in fruit. And if there's no fruit uh, from a word from Jesus in your life, then it may well be that you don't really believe it. You just you cognitively assent to it. But he says, and I tell you, uh, in other words, he's not telling this to Billy Graham. He's not telling this to Henry Blackaby. He's telling this to, to us, uh, to his disciples. The, what he's about to say applies to us. And, and I have some people that have some pretty crazy ideas sometimes, and they, they take context way too far. And they'll say, well, technically, he was just saying this to his 12 disciples or his 11 disciples at this point. Um, but if you, if you start to do that, then you, then there's very, there's none of the Bible really applies to you or very little because it's all in context with someone else first. Uh, yeah. Jesus, it, it, when he preaches the sermon on the Mount, he's not technically preaching it to us. He's preaching it to 5,000 men and their families. You, you can't just rule out everything and say, well, right. he didn't technically say that. Paul was just writing to all those churches way back when that's not, yeah, really, you know? Yeah. So here he's speaking to his disciples. And so I would say, if you are a disciple of Jesus, he's saying this to you. Yeah. This, and so take this truth. And, and a lot of times, you know, there's just a lot of people that read great promises like this and they, but they say, well, I'm just an ordinary Christian. Um, you know, I'm not a pastor, not a great pray, prayer warrior. So this probably, you know, doesn't necessarily apply to me so much. Um, but when he says, I'm saying this to you, uh, don't miss that. What, what Jesus, it, think of, imagine Jesus looking you right in the face, right in the eyes and saying, this is for you. And so then he says, anything, anything that you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. And I'll tell you what, that word anything um, is a challenging word. Hmm. If he had said some things you ask, he'll give. If he had said half the things you ask, he'll give. We, we might 
identify with that and say, yeah, that, that's about what my my prayer batting average is. I, I you know, my experience and, 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 would back that up. <laughs> and you know, I, I, I think about 2020. Think about all the prayers that people prayed in 2020. Uh, think of the specific prayers, not just the God bless us prayers, but think about how many people, for instance, prayed that a particular uh, person would be elected in the national elections, and then they didn't get elected. Uh, think about people we prayed for in the pandemic to get better, and then they died. Uh, think about people we prayed that they wouldn't get COVID, but then they did. Um, think about people we, we prayed would keep their jobs, and then they were laid off. Think about all the prayers you prayed, and you asked God for one thing, but you didn't receive it. Now, now Jesus here has just said, anything you ask, you will receive. Um, and what happens is, when we see a verse like that, we immediately run it through kind of the matrix of our own experience. And we say, well, but that's never been my experience. So I can think of lots of things I've asked God for that I never received. So, uh, and as my dad has said, and we've, we've quoted him on this many times, uh, whenever you see something in the Bible that does not match your experience, don't lower the Bible down to the level of your experience. Mm. Uh, wrestle with what God said until he raises the, your experience up to the level of what you find in the Bible. And so this is a tough one because it, it, it says anything that you ask, you'll receive. Now, I don't think he's talking about health and wealth kind of gospel. Just if you just believe everything you ask, you'll receive. Um, and, you know, I was thinking about, of course, there's the right now as we're doing this podcast, the baseball playoffs are on. And I was thinking about baseball. The um, This past year, um, the highest batting average, average batting average for the season was by Trey Turner. And it was, he, he batted 328. Now, 328 is not even a third of all the times at bat he had. So he... He bat, he hit the ball less than one out of three times, and yet he's going to probably be able to sign for a multi-million dollar contract as a result. Um, I was looking, did a little research. Uh, the highest batting average for a season ever was a, a Nap LaJoy, and he he batted 426, which is pretty good, but still, it's just over a third. It's uh, you know, he's, he's, he's still not hitting the ball far more often than he hits it. The highest uh, career batting average for a career was Ty Cobb. And over his whole career, he batted 366, um, which makes him one of the best hitters of all time. And yet still, you know, just a little bit over a third of the time he's hitting. Even Babe Ruth, his best season ever, he batted 342. So, you know, nobody even the very best of all time, never even hit half the, the time. And so, um, and so when I thought about that in terms of praying, you know, if you thought about, well, what's my batting average in prayer? When I, when I pray, how do I, like, do I bat a third of the, do I hit, you know, a third of the time? I, 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 I put out a lot of prayers and then about maybe a third of them God actually grants. And I'm, maybe I'm, I'm content with that. That's not bad. Um, but the question is, should you be satisfied with that? Uh, should you say, well, you know, I, my prayer batting average is about the same as Babe Ruth. So I, you know, I, 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 I should be satisfied, but, uh, 
but you know, if you're, if you're say, let's say you're getting a, a third of what you ask, um, you know, that you receive, well then, um, let's say you've got three kids, which, uh, which of your three kids do you want God to answer your prayer for? And which, which two do you not? Yeah. Or, you, or, you know, you, you, you pray, like if you're, if you're known, uh, I guess my question would be, are you known as someone that when you ask something of God, you always receive it? Hmm. Uh, you know, I always joke about my dad. I think I've told this story before, but uh, when my kids were younger, they had a hamster and, uh, and he got sick. And so at one point my kids all approached me and they asked me if I would get my dad to pray for the health of their hamster. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, I I'm like, well, don't you want me to pray for your hamster? I, I, I think they were unsure what I would actually ask God to do with that hamster. I was never a big yeah, fan. They, they, yeah. They weren't <laughs> sure that you really had the hamster's best interest in mind. Yeah. What I would ask God to do for that hamster might be not what they wanted, but uh, but they, but they also just knew th that when their grandpa Henry prayed, God heard yeah. stuff happened when he prayed and his batting average was just a lot higher than mine. And so the question I would have for our listeners today is, are you experiencing God granting everything that you request of him? And should you be satisfied if the fact you're you're getting less than a third of what you ask of God? Or is that, have you just sort of settled in to assume, I just kind of throw a bunch of prayers out there and I, now and then I get lucky and God answers one. Is that really what prayer is supposed to be about? Uh, well, a couple couple things just to say with that. Um, notice what he says. He says, anything you ask the Father. Uh, and and again, it's it's good to stop and think about who the father is. I mean, he is, the father is the most loving person you'll ever, you'll ever encounter. He's, he's the most generous person. He, he, he delights in giving. He delights in meeting the needs of his children. I, you know, your daughter, um, two-year-old little Claire, she is, uh, one of the most charming little children I've ever had the pleasure of being around. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and, you know, you've been there, she, uh, for those who've never been in my office, uh, I've got a bunch of bookshelves and I've got a pool table down there that we've had in our family for a while. And I had enough room in our basement to stick it there. And, and one of her favorite things to do is to come down to my office. And I, and I'm, I've got a lot of little interesting things on my bookshelves and stuff I've collected and been given. And, and my grandkids always like to kind of explore and check things out. And I'm fine with that. I just, don't want them to break anything or to, you know, get everything totally in disarray. But, but lately Claire has had this little fascination with getting all the duck bookends in my office and, and putting them on the, on top of the pool table and then climbing up on the pool table and having little duck swims around my, <laughs> the surface of my pool table. Well, I all for years, I was very protective of that table when I was raising my own kids they knew they could not get on the pool table and they could not put drinks up there. They couldn't eat on there. I had pretty stringent uh, uh, rules about that. But when your daughter bats those little blue eyes at me and smiles a cute way that only she can, uh, resistance is futile. And there she is up on, yeah. on my pool table and you'll come to get her at the end of the day. And, 
Uh, and I know your wife, my daughter, will just say, Dad, you would never have let me play yeah. on the pool table. <laughs> it's un- and I've it's got unthinkable a- for your kids to imagine <laughs> yeah. the softness. It's just somehow different with in. my but uh and you know i've got a little i i bought a, a couple of, of bags of candy i've got some little gummy bears and and some m&ms and different things and i keep them in my uh, my bottom drawer in my office my little file cabinet and it's just for grandkids and so sometimes claire remembers that they're there and she'll go over to the file cabinet to remind me to open it up for her <laughs> and then sometimes she forgets she's so busy collecting all the ducks in my office she forgets I've which got I, i'll interject candy. that there is a, a, a pretty large number of a surprising amount of ducks there are right? <laughs> yeah, yeah it takes a while for it takes me a while to put them all away after your daughter leaves but uh but there's times where she'll forget I've got candies in the drawer, but I, I want her to have them. I, I want her to be delighted with her experience down in her papa's office. And, uh, and so I'll, I'll kind of point over to the file cabinet to remind her. And then all of a sudden she'll get this smile on her face and she remembers and she goes over there to help herself to some candy. And, you know, I, and I'm just a, a frail, imperfect uh, father figure on this planet, but but God the Father is a perfect loving Father, and He delights in giving. He, he, in fact, He, I think He's kind of like me. If if you forget that He has certain things to give you, He'd be almost disappointed if you didn't. If you forgot to ask, he, he'll, His Spirit will be prompting you to remind you. Oh, don't forget to ask for this. Remember what He's got in that file cabinet. You know, don't don't leave before you you receive this. And so Jesus is saying that that's the nature of God, the Father, that when you ask him, whatever you ask, um, you'll receive. And I, and I know for a lot of us, we have, our minds immediately start racing to say, well, that's, that's not true, because we can ask things that yeah. God doesn't give. And uh, maybe, maybe just after the break, we can, uh, we can get to the, the heart of uh, this matter. Sounds good. Well, let's take a quick break here, and we'll come back. I just wanted to take a few minutes to highlight one of the many resources at blackabystore.org. This is where we house all of uh, Blackaby material. And the one I want to talk about today is the Blackaby Study Bible. Uh, This study Bible gives you the results of the Blackaby family's approach to Bible study and encourages you to be available for an encounter with God in His Word. Unique notes and articles throughout the Bible give you guidance for experiencing dramatic, life-changing God encounters on a daily basis. It's on sale now for $35. You can pick up your copy at blackabystore.org. Links will be in the show notes. Well, Richard, uh, a lot can be said and a lot has been said on the subject of prayer. And we're looking at this particular passage where Jesus tells his disciples, that's you and me, um, that, you know, you can ask anything uh, from the Father and he'll give it to us. And immediately that raises questions uh, in our minds that, wait a second, like like either he didn't mean anything or we're living a a subpar prayer life. Yeah. Well, and you're right. And I I know that when you read that, you either think, whoa, that just sounds like something I saw a TV evangelist uh, preaching the other day. Just anything you want, anything you pray for, believing, you're going to receive. 
But you have to also notice that one key qualifier where uh, he says, anything you ask the Father in my name, and that in my name is the key. Um, in my name means, of course, in, in the Bible, a name re represents your character, your nature. Um, you, you can't ask God, you know, God is holy. So you can't ask a holy God to do an unholy thing, an unrighteous thing. God is loving. So you can't pray, God, just give that, you know, that, that person that just uh, offended me, just give them a flat tire on their way home from work or, you know, cause them to lose their job or that, that company just beat me out and they, I, they had unethical practices, just uh, cause them to go bankrupt God. You know, when you, you, you can ask certain things, but if it does not align with the, the character, the nature of God, then uh, he's just not going to grant that. You're, you're, anything that you're praying needs to reflect the nature of God, what he's like, what he values, and also it needs to reflect his will. And that's really the key. God is saying, anything that you ask that's in my will, that reflects uh, to my glory, that accomplishes my purposes, uh, then you'll receive because I'm delighted to do that. I'm always delighted to do things that glorify me, God would say, or uh, I'm always happy to do things that further my will. Uh, so just ask those things and then, you, then you'll receive them. And so for me, what that means is, uh, the, the, so that is, of course, the, the dividing line right there. For a lot yeah, of us, that, that we, brings up a lot of other questions. Yeah. And, you know, for one, it, it tells me that a lot of people pray very selfish prayers. God just bless me. I remember when your wife was a, a teenager in a synchronized skating team, and she, there were about 16 girls who would, would do these beautiful patterns on, on ice. And I was always a nervous wreck that uh, Carrie might slip and fall and cost the team a medal. And <laughs> she never did. She was the anchor of the team and the, had the hardest job, and she never, never fell once. Uh, but, uh, but I remember her being in a, in a contest one time and one of the other girls who had never fallen fell at a relatively easy maneuver. And that one fall cost the whole team a medal. And on the way home, there was another, Carrie had a friend on the team and her mother was just bewildered. And she said, I don't know what happened. I, how could this have happened? She said, I prayed that God would let their team win. And and she was honestly just bewildered because she prayed, believing, uh, praying in, G in Jesus' name. See, that what this is not saying is if you just tack on, if it be your will or in Jesus' name at the end of your prayer, and then it's kind of like a magic word that you get everything you ask. But she honestly believed that because she'd prayed for victory, that that's what she'd get. And and really, of course, it, it was a selfish prayer. For all we know, there were Christian mothers on the other team praying the very same thing. And, uh, and you know, at the end of the day, God, I don't know that he really cares who wins your little league baseball team game or football game. What he cares about is his glory, his gospel, uh, his will to be done. And a lot of times his, you know, he can be glorified whether your team wins or loses. In fact, he might be glorified more by your team losing and then you showing Christ-like character and integrity and graciousness all the same. So um, the key is you've got to know what God's will is. And what that means for me is don't assume that you know 
what his will is. Yeah. I think, I think far too many Christians just assume that they know. And so for instance, again, I don't want to get into politics, but, but I suspect that last year there were a lot of Christians who were convinced that a certain political candidate should be elected. And so they prayed that he would be, but I, I just doubt that in, in many of those cases, the Christians first prayed, God, what do you want me to pray? Mm. What do you want me to ask you for? What do you want me to pray regarding this election? We just assume without, you know, there's just some things we didn't even think we needed to pray about. We just know, God, this is what you need to do. And, and so what I found is if I really want to get a, I, what I would say is this, I'm not sure this side of heaven that we'll we'll be like Jesus and get a hundred percent of what we pray for. But at the same time, I think we should always be working to increase our batting average. Yeah. I think in this year, we, we should strive to see more of our prayers granted than were granted last year. And the key is that you know God's will better. And yeah. so what I find is I need to spend less time asking God to do stuff and spend more time asking God, what is your will? And so, you know, that kind of struck me the other day. Uh, someone came to me and was telling me a problem they had in their life. And my first response was, well, you know, let me pray for you about that. And I think that's fine to do that. But what I, what I realized is I've got to be careful at this point what I pray, because I haven't, I don't know, I haven't asked God yet what he wants to do. Yeah. I mean, I know in my heart what I want. I, someone tells me they're sick. I want to just automatically pray God help them to be well. But maybe that's not what God wants. Maybe God is doing a special work in their life that they'll only learn through sickness. Uh, or someone lost their job. So I pray automatically, well, I just assume, God, you want them to get a new job. And maybe if I were to ask God, he would say, well, actually, I'm trying to teach them that they can trust me even when they don't have a salary or an income. And I, I want to give them some experiences where I provide for them quite miraculously, and they have incredible new God stories to tell. Mm -hmm. And so what I would be careful of is when someone comes up to you, and you tell them a problem you have, and then they immediately pray specific things in your life. And you realize, well, I know one thing, I just told them my problem. So they, I know they haven't prayed about this. They're praying for me right now, but they haven't prayed about what to pray. And so, you know, what I, what I, I feel like God is saying to me is probably ask fewer things, you know, get up to bat less often. Yeah. But when you do get up to bat, know what it is God wants you to pray. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, so, you, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, so, you know, if, if, let's just say instead of praying for a thousand or a hundred things, just willy nilly, everything that comes to your mind, you're throwing it out there, hoping that some of it sticks. What if you just ask for five things? But all five yeah. of those things you knew full well God wanted to do. What if you were, what if you started going five for five instead of five for a hundred? Um, you know, you only, you only need to have a handful of prayers being answered before your life and your world starts to feel the impact. So maybe we don't need to pray as much as we just need to first pray about praying, uh, spend time just quite saying, God, here's this issue. Tell me your heart on this. Tell me based on your nature, what you see is important. And based on your will, what is it I should be asking you to do? Because if you can ever discover what he wants to do, and then you ask him to do that, wow, that's going to be, you're going to get a solid hit 
uh, yeah. when you pray that. For sure. And, I, you know, a couple of things come to mind and then and we'll wrap up here. But, uh, you know, wh- when you pray for someone, you know, oftentimes we're we're not really praying to God. We're just praying to that person. You know, if they could yeah. share a need, it's like, well, let me just sort of regurgitate to you some nice platitudes that I think will leave you feeling warm and fuzzy. Mm-hmm. But you yeah. haven't actually prayed like you just sort of said things in a in a uh, in a form we call prayer. Uh, but you weren't actually praying to God. And, and I think the other thing is that it's okay to take time to think about what to pray and, and to yeah. search God's heart for what it is, what is his will in this situation. And I think of uh, the Apostle Paul, there are several, several prayers in his letters um, that are really powerful prayers, and he wrote them down, and he sent them as a prayer to these churches Mm-hmm. Um, and I think very uh, infrequently do we uh, put that amount of effort into a single prayer. I think it's it's just sort of these things that we do, and we think that's prayer, where I think we'd be much more effective if we, you know, took the struggle and, and the time to really say, well, what is at the heart of this that, that God wants to do? That, that yeah, you know, if someone comes to you and says, uh, Sam, I've got... Uh, you know, I, I, I've got this job opportunity here that'll pay me a little bit more. Uh, wish you'd pray about that. Um, a lot of times, you know, we, we want, we kind of, you're right. We, we're sort of praying to the person and we want them to know we're supportive of them. So we naturally say, well, let's just pray about that. And then God help, help my friend get this job. You know, we just sort of yeah. pray what he's just said, but instead of just saying, God, I know you love uh, my friend and I know your will is best. I don't know yet what you want. Do you want, I don't know that you want him to have this job just because it's available. doesn't mean that he should take it. So God, you know, I just pray that he will hear your voice and he'll be so surrendered to your will that if you don't want him to take this job, you know, you can pray certain things like that, but, but uh, I tell you what, I would really respect a friend that when I came and I told him of a situation in my life, I, you know, it might not be what I was looking for, but if they said, wow, that's, that's really important. Let me take some time to pray and, and just seek God's heart and mind about what he wants to do in this mm-hmm. situation. And then I'll, then I'll get back to you and pray. That's not necessarily what we like to hear, but to me, it really cries out. This person has integrity. They don't want to be saying things to God that they haven't even thought about or prayed about and yeah. they're not even sure that's what God wants to do. So there's a lot to it, but I think the bottom line for our listeners today is just to say, what would it take for you to raise your batting average in your prayer life so that you're, you're getting closer to that place. Jesus talked about that. Whatever you ask the father mm. in Jesus name, he gives to you. Yeah. Well, it's powerful. And, uh, it uh, requires lots of uh, reflection, and I uh, appreciate you taking us through this, and, and I think it'll be uh, very helpful for our listeners and for all those who are leading others uh, to increase your, your prayer batting average, as you <laughs> put it. And so I uh, appreciate you taking the time, and, and until next time. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners. So email us at podcast at blackv.org.